Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So, I'm going to do a bit of a swerve today. We're not going to talk about Star Wars. No, we're going to talk about the Rings of Power. Because it's right around the corner. We are three days away from the first Lord of the Rings universe stuff in, gosh, eight years. So, join me in a minute, and we'll talk. My name is Brennan Mark. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. Welcome to Only What You Take With You. Presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Yep, we're not talking Star Wars today. We're talking the Rings of Power. Ah, now, you've probably noticed that Rings of Power has really gone nuts on its marketing. There have been teasers and trailers left and right. And I'll tell you what. Uh, I watched the teaser a couple of times. The very first short one-minute teaser. And I watched the first trailer like once. Maybe twice. In fact, I watched somebody else reacting to it. I watched uh, the outlaw himself, John Rocco, react to it. So, I haven't watched any of the others because I don't want to see any more. I just want to enjoy it. So, for those who may not be aware, what is the Rings of Power? The Rings of Power is a Lord of the Rings series that tells the story of thousands of years before Frodo, before the Fellowship. Before the quest of Mount Doom, a thousand years, well, in fact, several thousand years before that. Based on what we have seen, or what I have seen, I surmise that this series is going to span many thousands of years. Because the first image they released was of Valinor which is the original Elven Lands. If you remember, at the end of Lord of the Rings, that's where Frodo and the other... Frodo and Bilbo sailed to, along with the Elves. The Elves were all headed west across the Sea to Valinor. Valinor is the continent where the gods live. And that's where the Elves lived thousands of years before. I'm thinking six, seven thousand years. I'm not exactly sure. Well, needless to say, so I'm not going to spoil it. Some bad stuff happens and they have to leave, or they leave. Valinor to the continent of Middle Earth. And lots of of crap goes down. Uh, In the long run, the, the title Rings of Power is referring to the rings of Middle Earth. The rings, the dwarven rings, the rings for the humans, the three elven rings. And there was an elven smith by the name of Celebrimbor, who will probably be in this series, my guess would be. Sauron learned how to 
make the rings from the elves. Sauron presented himself as a, you know, a fair-looking humanoid. Humanoid, I guess. Uh, and he learned the craft of ring making and then used it to create the one ring. Sauron is the servant of Morgoth. Morgoth is basically Satan from the Lord of the Rings universe. So we'll probably see a little bit of him. But it looks like this series is going to begin during the the days even before the sun and moon existed. The trees of Dalinar were the source of light. There were two trees, gigantic trees on the continent of Eleanor that shone with brilliant light that lighted the entire world. Something happened, everything went wrong. The elves eventually went to Middle-earth and lots of crazy wars and fighting and also some humans helped the elves out in one of their wars. And as a result, the gods made an island for the humans called Numenor. In fact, most of the humans who lived in Numenor had elf blood anyway, so they're kind of a little bit longer lived than the average human. And some stuff went down on that island too. So, needless to say, this series is going to cover a lot. And I believe the series will probably end, my guess would be about 3,000 years before the movies. With some of that stuff we might have seen and we saw in the intro to Lord of the Rings. That's my guess. As I said, I've been staying away from a lot of the, the details because I haven't wanted to be spoiled. And the way that it works is this story is based upon two things. Number one, the Silmarillion. J.R.R. Tolkien died before he finished it, but his son finished it. Based on his father's notes, the Silmarillion is basically the Bible of Middle-earth. Of the Lord of the Rings universe. It tells the stories from the beginning. The great god Eru and the angels he created. And Morgoth becoming evil. And the elves and the humans and the dwarves. And the, the wars of the gods. And all kinds of crazy stuff. And that is what the Silmarillion is. So that's, that's one source. The other source is what is called the appendices. At the end of Return of the King, the, the, of the novel, there's a whole section called the appendix. And there's several appendices, more than one. They tell in broad details about the history of Middle-earth closer to the events of the movies, uh, such as the island of Numenor and what happened there. And so those are the two sources for this series. Now, the Silmarillion and the Appendices 
paint in very broad strokes. They're not written like the Lord of the Rings in the sense of Frodo opened his door and walked to the top of the hill. Sam met him and said, hey, Mr. Frodo, you know, it's not written like that. These are written in a more biblical style, meaning that it's painted with a broad brush. What that means is that the minute details, characters, dialogue, things like that, that is not included, except maybe in a few circumstances. So the creators of Rings of Power, Amazon, have filled in the gaps and are even adding things that were never never mentioned in the Silmarillion or the appendix, but nonetheless fit in, such as the ancient hobbits. Before they lived in the Shire, before they're the hobbits that we know today. That, that was never mentioned in the appendices or the Silmarillion. In fact, the history of the hobbits was basically never even discussed by Tolkien. So they are able to create and invent new things that fill in these gaps. So this will be a little bit different than the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit, which are based on one particular source and have very specific details. This series is going to be toying a lot with the universe and throwing in stuff that we don't know whether Tolkien ever intended or not. But because the Silmarillion and the Genesis are painting with broad strokes, we can now fill it in with minute details. And that's got me very excited. And I don't know really who our main characters are. It's a very ensemble series. I haven't been really following the details. The Galadriel, who is the elf queen played by Kate Blanchett in the movies. In the in the time of the Lord of the Rings, she's 8,000 years old. So she's going to be one of the main characters in this series, which takes place, you know, thousands of years before because she was around and she saw it all. She saw all the crap that went down on, on Dalinar. She saw the crap that went down on Numenor. She saw all the wars in Middle-earth. The wars between her own people. She's seen it all. So that's why I think she's one of the main characters. In fact, from what I've been able to tell, the marketing certainly is focusing on her. And she's more of the a bad, uh, you know what I mean, than you might expect. Mm -hmm. She's more of the kick-butt lady than you might expect. And, you know, we're going to probably see characters that we know of. Kelebrimbor, Sauron, Elrond, Galadriel, many others that we know. And we're going to be introduced to a lot of people we don't know. This looks like it's going to be big and expansive. This might be one of the most expensive shows ever made. I'm really excited, and I have faith in it. Okay. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little preparing our hearts and minds 
for new content. See you in a minute. Okay, everyone. We're back. All right. Now, I talked about this on a podcast last week. So, we are three days away from a new Lord of the Rings show. Now, with any show on the horizon, and we've got a couple shows on the horizon, because we have Rings of Tower, and then we have Andor. There's always a bit of fear in my mind as to what the discourse is going to be like. What is the fandom? Now, the fandom, let me be clear, is not a monolith. Anytime I hear somebody say Star Wars fans are toxic, I get pretty upset because fans are not a monolith. There will always... And please, please take a note of this. Please listen to what I'm saying. There will always be the sourpuss toxic fans. There will always be those people. I don't think we should be shocked when those people show up. Because social media has made it possible for them to reveal their presence. They will always be there. But do not, for one minute, ever believe that they represent all the fans, because they do not. Okay, now, putting those people aside, the ones that we know are just going to be nasty, ignore them. That's what I say. Completely ignore them. Don't worry about them. Don't talk about them. Don't make podcasts about them. Don't yell about them on social media. Ignore them. Because if you choose to get angry and get um, go online and basically make a war against them, you're only giving them the platform that they want. Okay, so ignore those guys. Now let's talk about the level-headed, good fans. Now, you may like the series. You may not like the series. You know what? That's cool. So, when it comes to getting ready for a show like this, there's a reason I call this show only what you take with you. When and I'll, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Luke asked Yoda, "What's in that dark side cave?" What's in there? And Yoda says, only what you take with you. Luke put his weapons on his belt. Put his belt on. With his weapons. Yoda said, your weapons, you will not need them. Luke ignored him. Luke took his weapons into the cave. Took his anger. Took his desire to fight. Took it into the cave. And he failed the test. Yoda said, you're a failure in the cave because Luke went in and gave in to anger and fear. You know, beheading the image of Darth Vader and becoming more like Vader. You know, it's it's an interesting scene. 
so the point being, Luke took his weapons in. So my recommendation, and I'm talking to myself too, is when you go into the show, put your baggage aside. Um, in theater, they always taught me, they always taught us as theater students, myself included, you leave your emotional baggage at the door. So we need to do that. Let's put our baggage aside, our preconceived notions. Speculate responsibly is what they always say at Force Center. And I think it'll play here. Lower your expectations to a reasonable level. Or in fact, you know what? Erase your expectations. Erase your speculation. Leave all that in the baggage at the door. Put down your weapons of rebellion. Your your weapons, your your fighting stance. Yeah, put down your skepticism and put down your you know going in with like your fists up go put them up put them up just open your mind open your heart leave the baggage leave your weapons behind take it for what it is not what it isn't you may like it you may not like it give it a chance open your heart open your mind and just let it as joseph scrimshaw says engage with the story presented to you you may like it you may not like it that's fine engage with it and be willing to accept something new and different that's my advice for all these shows just be open to it put down your preconceived notions and take it to what it is and if you do not like it please for the love of all that's good and holy do not make angry car videos angry youtube rants don't yell about it on Twitter. Just take it for what it is and see what see what happens. I have found so much happiness in just engaging with the story and leaving the baggage behind. I'm not perfect at it. I try. Honest truth, it's helped me a lot. And I must give credit where credit's due as we close. Four Center is the reason why I take things so much different now. And thank goodness for that. So anyhow, I'm excited. I'm hoping I'm going to like it. I'm going to take it for what it is. And of course, I muted most of it on Twitter because, uh, I, you know, I don't want to get involved with the discourse that turns sour. Because the internet, especially social media, tends to do that. All right, folks, those are my thoughts on this. I, uh, you know, not talking about Star Wars. Hmm.
So anyhow, I'm excited. I hope you are too. I'll be tuning in, and boy, I'm ready. It's been a long time coming, and I'm ready to go. Okay, folks. My name is Brendan Marr. That noisy is my time later. Thank you for tuning in for only what you take with you. Presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future.